God is good? And all the time? I'm going to invite you to find your way to John chapter 8 this morning. John chapter number 8. And uh, if, in case you don't know, my name is John, and uh, I am blessed to serve as a pastor here. And I want to thank you for being here today, as uh, Stefan already mentioned. I also wanted to mention, I know they'll mention this at the close of the service as well, uh, but at 1045, so immediately following this service, if you are interested in knowing what it means to be a member of this church, we have our uh, Discover Hallmark, and we'll meet just for about 30, 45 minutes in FC 104. I'll be in the four years as soon as the service is over. If you don't know where that's located, I'll be glad to show you. Uh, but we'd love to invite you to come to that. Maybe this is your first Sunday and you want to know what it, what it means to be a member. Maybe you've been here a few months and you still want to know what it means to be a member. We'd invite you to be a part of that class. Um, also, um, I wanted to invite you tonight at 6 p.m. Tonight we are having a special ordination service uh, for Donald Burrell. Many of you know Donald and Stacy Burrell. They've been members here for a long time and served in a lot of different ministries. And God has called him to be an associate pastor at Zion Missionary Baptist Church here in Fort Worth. And so uh, he has not been ordained and wants us and ask. And of course, we are thrilled to be able to do that tonight. So I want to encourage you to be here at 6 o'clock uh, tonight for a special uh, ordination service for, for Donald uh, Burrell. Now, right before the service today, we, uh, I met with our deacons and trustees right down here uh, to, because we wanted to do something about helping the refugees in, in Ukraine. And if you'll remember a few weeks ago, I mentioned uh, there was a, uh, a, gypsy, a group of gypsies in Romania who were praying that God would send someone to tell them how to be saved. Like they only knew a little bit about God and who God was, and they had a prayer meeting in this uh, building in Romania asking that God would send someone to give them the truth. It just so happens that a man that we support here at Hallmark named Walter Stevens showed up, and he told them about the love of Jesus Christ, and they gave their life to Christ. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, you can praise the Lord for that. They started a church. We have a man, a feeding center there, and uh, so now uh, the long story here is that uh, now there, we also have a feeding center and orphanage. Um, in, it's called the Smile House in Ukraine. And we have been, uh, there's been about 70, if I remember correctly, that are being housed there right now, uh, kind of hunkered down because of what's going on there. They are now needing to move from that location into Romania, and they're going to go to Pastor uh, Gitsa's ministry there in Tinka, Romania, the one that I've been telling you about. And so I'm thankful that even years ago, when some gypsy group of people prayed that God would send truth, God sent them the love of Jesus Christ and the information about Christ, they gave their life to Christ, God allowed them to have an, a, a manna feeding center, a church, and now that group of people are going to be hosting our refugees from Ukraine into Romania. Only God can do that, Right. God is a big God. And so because of your generosity, because of all the uh, faithfulness of our givers and your donations, many of you new people signed up to give to 938 or Faith Promise Missions. And because of that, we have the money to send over there. So we met just a few minutes ago before the service, and uh, we decided to and voted unanimously to send $5,000 immediately to help with them relocating those refugees. Yeah, you can give the Lord a hand and... Uh, Again, 
Uh, it has nothing much to do with me. It's your faithfulness. It's your giving that we have the money there. It's ready to go. And then also, uh, we will be meeting in about a week and a half for our monthly board meeting. We'll reevaluate that to see if maybe we need to send more uh, to them. Also, if you would like to give specifically for that, you can give in your offering, whether that's online or an envelope, and, and just mark Ukraine on that, okay? And it'll definitely go through, it's going to go through MANA worldwide, and, and we'll make sure that it gets to help those refugees. And so pray for them. Several of our uh, MANA missionaries will be traveling soon uh, this week, probably to Romania, to help in the efforts of relocating those refugees. And so pray for them. And, and in fact, could we just stop for a moment this morning? and pray for for that whole region. Um, Because here's what I do know, that God always brings good out of bad. And that we're going to hear some stories of people coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ through this. And we'll ask that God will be glorified in this. And of course, we want to pray for wisdom for leaders and protection for those people. But um, I I got a message this past week from a friend of mine, Vladimir, who's a, a missionary in Russia. And immediately when all this happened, I posted everything on my Facebook, pray for Ukraine, pray for Ukraine, and we should, and we should, and we should. But then he also reminded me as a missionary who is from Siberia, let's pray for everyone. They need Jesus, and leaders need wisdom, and so let's just pray today. Would you join me in prayer? God, we, we thank you for your protection, and Lord, I'm reminded this morning of how blessed we are to be in a free country, to, to gather without fear this morning. And so we want to we thank you for that. But Lord, we ask that as we have many brothers and sisters in Christ who are both in Russia and Ukraine and that Romania and that whole region, Lord, that you would protect them, that you would provide for them. And Lord, as you always do, we pray, Lord, that your glory would be revealed in that region, that the gospel of Jesus, the light of the world, would reach those dark areas. And Lord, we're, we're just thankful, we're humbled that we get to be a part of what you're doing to share the light in darkness. Lord, we pray that you would bless our leaders there. We pray you would bless those leaders in the Manna Centers, give them wisdom and direction as they have a lot of logistical things and just I just pray your protection and wisdom for them. Lord, we love you, and we're thankful for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We started a series last week called I Am Jesus, as you can see on the screen this morning. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus, uh, John records for us seven miracles of Christ, but he also records for us seven statements of Christ, these seven I Am statements. And uh, one of the books that I've been reading, kind of preparing for this series, uh, we, we gave you this statement last week called, I am changes who I am. And, and actually, that's the title of a book that I'm reading. I am, speaking of Jesus, remember when Jesus made this statement, I am, we looked in, in John chapter 20 last week in verse number 30 and 31, John tells us why he wrote the gospel. He said, I didn't record all the miracles. I didn't give you all the statements of God. But one of the reasons I gave you this in verse 31 of John chapter 20, here's what John said. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his 
name. And, and so we're looking at these seven I am statements of Christ. When Jesus made the statement, I am, we even looked in John chapter 8 last week in verse number 57 and 50 and through 59. Remember when Jesus was talking to religious people, he made a statement about Abraham. They said, how would you have known Abraham? You're not even 50 years old. And then he replied in verse 59, and in John chapter 8, verse 59, he said, before Abraham was, what did he say? I am. Before Abraham was, I am. And this statement, I am, was in reference to Exodus when God told Moses, Moses said, who am I going to say sent me? And God says, you tell them that I am, that I am, has sent you. And so they began to pick up the stones and throw at Jesus when he made this statement, I am, because they knew that he was claiming to be God. And, and so they knew also that in the law, according to the law, to blasphemy or to claim God, that you were God, the punishment was to be stoned to death. So they began to pick up rocks because they understood what Jesus was saying is, I am God. I am that I am. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I am the King of kings, the Lord of lords, God Almighty. In the beginning, that was me. That's what Jesus is saying. And so these statements are very important. And so last week we looked at John chapter 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life. And it's interesting that as Jesus use, usually used something in the context or in the setting to get people's attention. If you remember uh, last week when we talked in John chapter 6, before Jesus, the day before Jesus made this statement, I am the bread of life. If you come to me and if you believe in me, you'll never hunger and you'll never thirst. He made this statement. Remember what happened the day before he made this statement? was the feeding of the 5,000. So here we are one day later, after he's fed the 5,000, remember it says they, were, they ate until they were filled. But I don't know if you're like me. My mom used to tell me all the time, don't eat that before dinner because you're going to what? You're going to ruin your appetite. Your mom and dad ever tell you that? How many of you told your kids that as well? Here's what I know. I always have another appetite coming pretty quickly. Can I get an amen? Somebody's excited about that today. Side note, for the Discover class, we have crumble cookie this morning. If you're a member, you can't come, okay? So the day after he feeds them and they were filled, guess what came back to them? Hunger. They were hungry, and God is using their physical hunger to point them to a deeper spiritual reality, that he is the bread of life, spiritually speaking. And if you come to me, and if you believe in me, you will never hunger, and you will never thirst again. Isn't that a great truth of Scripture? So Jesus makes this great statement. We're going to look at the second one today. Uh, and again, there's eight statements on here. And there's only seven in the Bible, all right? So I want you to figure out which one is not supposed to be there. You can figure that out later, all right? Not while I'm speaking. John chapter 8, verse 1 through 12. Let's read the, the text so we can kind of maybe get a little context this morning. John chapter 8, and really it's interesting. The chapter breakdowns, breakdown, you know, are not always 
exactly accurate, okay? Sometimes they're put in the wrong spot. Verse 53 of chapter 7 says, And everyone went to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And then verse 2, it says in chapter 8, Now early in the morning he came into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and he taught them. Okay, so we have this Jesus going to the temple early. He's, as customary, he's going to sit down and teach those who would listen. And oftentimes it was a pretty good-sized crowd. And it seems like there's an interruption in verse number 3. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her, hand, her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that we... That such should be stoned, but what do you say? This, they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. Again, they were not bringing this lady to Jesus because they were hoping that God and Jesus would give her mercy. This is not their goal, right? Their goal is that she would be stoned as the law allowed for them to do, but they're trying to trap Jesus. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear He ignored them, okay? Verse 7, so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one. Don't you love Jesus' response here? Like, if you're perfect, go ahead, throw a stone. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, the woman standing in the midst. Verse 10, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one had no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are the, there, those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. Jesus said to her, neither do I commend you, go, I condemn you, excuse me, and go and sin no more. Now, it seems like this is... Um, just kind of thrown into this teaching of Jesus. And we see the mercy of Christ. We see the wisdom of Christ. We see a lot of things, but we're not going to spend a lot of time unpacking this passage this morning that we've just read. But look what happens in verse number 12. Because in verse number 2 we read, Jesus sat down early in the morning in the temple and he taught them. Then it seems as if it's, his teaching is interrupted. And then verse number 12 it says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, And here's our statement for the day. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. What we see all throughout Scripture, darkness and sin really go hand in hand. Sin represents darkness. Darkness represents sin. And they both, sin and darkness, often represent death. Because of sin, there is death. We were created for eternity. As we read in Ecclesiastes last week, God has set eternity in our hearts. We were created to live forever. Because of sin, because of Adam and Eve's sin, sin entered into the world. And so often we see sin, darkness, death. Also, we would see salvation, light, life. You you see the comparisons here. We got darkness, death, sin, light, life, salvation, kind of interchangeable, one being bad, one being good, one being dark, one being light, one being death, one being life. Similar to what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, thankful for the grace of God 
that even when we were dead in the trespasses of our sins, we're saved by grace, okay? So we see darkness, death, sin, and also light, salvation, life. So I think in order to really get the context of what Jesus is saying about I am the light of the world, I don't think the direct context is verses 3 through 11 talking about this lady caught in adultery. There's tons of application. But I think what the real context is, similar to in Matthew, or excuse me, John chapter 6 that we looked at last week, when Jesus fed the 5,000, they were physically hungry. The next day, he taught them a spiritual lesson about spiritual hunger and about hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Here we see in John chapter 7 and verse number 2, we're not going to turn there, but Jesus, it says, and the disciples, they were celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. And understanding what the Feast of Tabernacles was, what the celebration represented, and also what was represented in the Feast of Tabernacles, I think is where Jesus is pulling from. Because in the Feast of Tabernacles was a celebration of the 40 years of faithfulness that God provided when the nation of Israel was wandering in the wilderness. And remember, we read a lot about that in Exodus, and their shoes didn't wear out, and God provided manna, and God provided everything for them, water from the rock. We also see that God provided a symbol of his protection, his provision, and what was the symbol in which God provided for those 40 years of the Israelites wandering in the wilderness? It was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of what? Some of you guys are really good. Fire by night. It was the light that lit their path. So in the Feast of Tabernacles that they celebrated every single year in the temple, in the outer courtyard, or what is known as the courtyard of women, they would have four huge lampstands. These lampstands would be lit, and these would signify or represent the, the, the pillar of fire by night. And what did the pillar of fire by night represent? It represented the power and the presence and the provision of God. So I want, I want to read this statement. So this, again, as we think about the context of, of Jesus making this statement, li listen to this uh, from the book, I Am Changes Who I Am. As the celebrated glow of remembrance was being extinguished until next year, again, he's referencing the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus made a bold claim that he is the light of the world. To declare such a statement at the Feast of Tabernacles is to say, I am the fulfillment of the Old Testament exodus and promised land. I am your protection and your provision. I am the presence of God. I am God. And last week we read this statement of a theologian talking about Jesus' statement, I am the bread of life. Remember what R.C. Sproul said. Either he's got madcap blasphemy. Remember madcap? Remember, guys, remember the word? It means crazy. Either he's blasphemy or this statement is salvation come to earth. Similar, based on this statement, I am the light of the world, another theologian, John Blanchard, said this, Christ's statement, it's either cosmic or comic. Similarly, another book has been written that's called Jesus is either, either a liar, lunatic, or Lord, who he claimed to be. And, and how you answer this question, is Jesus 
cosmic or comic, madcap blasphemy or salvation of the world, is he liar, lunatic, or is he Lord? And I pray that for everyone in this room, you have wrestled with this question and you have settled on the answer, Jesus is Lord. Because I am changes who I am. So let's kind of walk through this. And I want, I want to just give you four like, aspects of what Jesus is saying. I am the light of the world. He says, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Again, as we think about sin, darkness, death, light, life, salvation, the first aspect here is that light brings life. Now, again, if we are thinking in our text here, when we have on the screen here, the light brings life, what's a word we could interchange for light here? Jesus. Jesus brings life, or the Lord brings life, because Jesus is what? He's the light. Jesus brings life, and we see that all throughout Scripture. In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture here. In John 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was in the beginning. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now, in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it's saying the Word was in the beginning. The Word was the Creator. The Word was life. Well, who is the Word? If you know, you could say it out. Jesus. And we see that in John chapter 1, verse 14, when it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came. Jesus is the light of the world who came in to darkness. John chapter 12, and again, this is a theme you, all see, you see all through the Gospel of John. In John chapter 12, Jesus is talking in verse number 35. He says, Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light. The darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become the sons of the light. Again, Jesus is saying, if you will believe in me, you will become sons of the light. You will have life. Remember what he said in John chapter 10? I have come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. Eternal life and abundant life. In John chapter 12, verse 46, Jesus said, I have come as light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in what? And what does darkness represent? Sin and death. Jesus is saying that if you will believe in me and if you'll follow me, I will give you eternal life. Similar to last week, he who comes and believes in the bread of life will have eternal life. The light brings life. Number two, the light provides direction. The light provides 
direction. So Jesus is our salvation. He gives us eternal life. But Jesus doesn't just leave us in our salvation. Aren't you thankful that as soon as we give our life to Jesus Christ, he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit who indwells us, who empowers us, who comforts us, who also convicts us, who also quickens the word of God so that we can understand what God is telling to us. We don't need, you don't need me to explain to you what the scripture says. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have the Bible. You can read it. You can understand it. God has given you the power of the resurrection in you. Can you say amen to that? And that's why we talk about this importance of the word. The psalmist said, the word is a lamp unto my what? Feet and a light to my path. And this idea of lighting our path or giving us direction is the fact that we have Jesus in us. And God wants us to get into his word so that it can change us, it can transform us, so that we can walk. But look in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 7, it'll be on the screen. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So the more I believe in Jesus, the more I want to follow Jesus. And the more I follow Jesus, the more I'll believe in Jesus. And the more I believe in Jesus, the more I'm going to follow Jesus. I could keep going, but I think you get the, you get the point. Do you realize that this, this Bible that we so casually hold, I have, I have it here, I have it on my iPad, I have it on my phone, in all kinds of different languages. Do you, do you realize this is the most attacked piece of literature in all the world? And yet, it's still here. Do you think there's, there's power of God in, in these pages? Or on this screen, there is. And the fact that God has preserved his word for us today should speak to the power of God and should speak to the importance. This should play an important role in my life, shouldn't it? And I would stand before you this morning and confess this word of God is not as important to me as it should be. And my assumption this morning is going to be, you could probably say the same thing. As I watch the news this week and I see the people fleeing, the people in danger, I think how blessed I am that I, I could actually make a decision today. You could actually make a decision today. Do I want to stay in bed or do I want to get up and go to church? There's no fear. Hey, I might stop on, on the way to Starbucks on the way by and get me a Super expensive copy, right? Let's, let's not take it for granted the privilege we have to get up every day and walk in the light. And if we will walk in the light and we will get the light of God's word in us, it'll lead us to number three, the light we reflect. 
You see, when Jesus, when I received the light of the world, Jesus, into my life, he gave me eternal life. You see, in June of 1991, at a crummy Brownwood, Texas camp, the light of the world, I said yes to. And at that very moment, my eternity was set. Eternal life is mine. And you know what Jesus could have done in that moment? Could have taken me home. Because my home is not here anymore. Where's my home? Where's your home? If it's not, you're not sure, give your life to Jesus. Trust the words, I am the bread of life, and if you come to me and you believe in me, you can have eternal life, and I am the light of the world, and he who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have life. But Jesus didn't take me home, and why do you suppose he didn't? Because he has a job for me to do. He has a job for you to do. In Matthew chapter 5, on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, speaking to followers of Jesus, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This life, this light that came to me, that gives me life, that gives me direction, also gives me a commission that I'm to reflect the light of Jesus to everyone. Do you know there's a lot of people, wherever you live, however far you drove to get here today, you might be just right across the street. You might be live in Weatherford. We all passed a lot of people that don't know Jesus. Do you believe that? And how will they know? Unless we shine a light. Unless we reflect the light of God in us. I'm, I'm not shining John's light. I'm not shining the light of Hallmark. I'm reflecting the light of who? Jesus. You know, this past week we um, had a, a funeral service for Brother John. And Brother John uh, was just a great man of God. If you didn't know him, I'm sorry. He's just a great man of God. He's 97 years old. And John Martin joined the church in, in December of 1970. That was a few years ago. I'm thankful to say it was before I was born. Not all of you can say that. Uh, excuse me, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, it's funny, I was reading through one of his Bibles and uh, the, the last Bible he got was when he was 80 years old. But I found in there he had his uh, reading plan from the church. And every, every one of them was checked up until right at the end of January when he got sick. What a faithful man. And at, at his funeral service, William uh, was giving a eulogy of him, and he, he posed and reminded us of the scripture when the disciple or when the, the religious people asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? 
And Jesus responded, love God with all your heart, with everything you have, love God. The second is likened to it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And I think as we love God and as we love others, it's the greatest way for us as followers of Jesus to reflect the light of Christ. That's what Jesus said, that they will know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. This is what this text we just read says, is that when, when people see your good works, they will glorify the Father in heaven. And, and I love the way William phrased it at the funeral service about Brother John. He said one of the, one of the ways that John revealed his love for God was how he served his church. I think one of the greatest ways for you and I to walk in light, to reflect the light, is how we serve the bride of Christ. Jesus loves his church, so much so that he died for his church. The commitment that I have to the bride of Christ is one of the greatest ways that I can reflect the light of Christ. Let's just be honest this morning that When Brother John joined Hallmark Baptist Church in December of 1970, it looked a little different. Do you think that he went through a few changes? I thought of this this morning that uh, when he joined the church, he, he actually went through six different pastors. There's only been eight pastors of this church in 75 years. And every one of us were a little bit different. Can you say amen to that? I, I assumed I wouldn't need to prod you. I thought someone was going to get that one. Brother, Brother John was committed to the mission of the church and not so much the methods of the church. And I'm thankful for that. Because the methods of the church, they have to be fluid. But the message of the church has to be grounded Grounded on the solid rock, Jesus. And I'm thankful for, we have a bunch of Brother Johns in this church who've been faithful just to shine the light of Christ. And the challenge for us today, first, have you received the light? Because Jesus says, if you will believe in me, you will have life. Secondly, is are you walking in the light? Is your commitment to God to follow him? That's why we say we want to lead people to find Jesus, but we also want to lead people to follow Jesus. And then thirdly, are you reflecting Christ to his church and to the, the world? Because that's what he's asked us to do. Don't hide the light. Shine the light. I want to invite the the band to come up here. We're going to close the service in a song. But there's one more point as they make their way up here, all right? And this is the greatest point, I think. Providing, provide, this is the greatest point, providing, okay, I'm going to put a, a qualification on here, providing you have responded to point number one. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. That's good news. The last point, number four, is this, that the light never dims. The light never 
condemns. Would you stand with me this morning? I want you to read this passage of Scripture with me. Because I I think uh, this is such a powerful passage. Revelation chapter 21. This is John writing. And John gets a vision from the Lord. And John's going to explain for us what it's going to be like one day in the new heaven and the new earth. And here's what he says, all right? So I want us to read it together. It's going to be Revelation chapter 21. It'll be on the screen today. Verse number 22, we'll, we'll start in. I think it'll be on the screen today. If not, I'll just read it for you. Verse 22 says, But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Listen to this, verse number 23. The city... Again, this is, this is John giving us a glimpse, giving us a picture of what it's going to be like when we are in the new heaven and the earth. Are you looking forward to that day? The city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Who's the Lamb? Jesus, the light of the world. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night. They shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, but there shall by no means enter into it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. The light of Christ will never flicker. It will never dim. And that's why Jesus can say, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you will not be in darkness, but you will have the light of, what is it? Life. Have you placed your faith in Jesus? I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes for a moment before we sing. And I, I want to just kind of bring this down to a focus this morning. Three things here. If you've not given your life to Jesus Christ, you've never placed your faith in him, Can I challenge you to do that this morning? I'm going to be standing right down here. If you want to know how to do that, I'll be glad to show you how. Maybe the Lord has challenged you that you are not walking in the light as you should. That you need to be in his word and you need to be more committed to his church. and Just pursue Christ. James said if we will draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Or maybe this morning you've been challenged like... I. I really am not reflecting the light of the life in me. And I want to shine the light of Christ. What if that looks like? Maybe that's getting involved in ministry here. Maybe you're already involved in it. Maybe that's going across the street. Maybe that's talking to a coworker. Maybe that's talking to a friend at school. Maybe that's talking to a teammate. I want to share the light of Christ. God, I ask this morning as we close in worship and we sing that we serve such a great good, holy, righteous Father, that as we've been challenged today, you would allow us the courage to respond. It's in Jesus' name we pray.